Welcome to The Good Work, a podcast and video series that follows the event company, an event design company that specializes in corporate, nonprofit, and social events. Our passion lies in creating one-of-a-kind events that share the good work of organizations we are fortunate to collaborate with. Tune in for conversations with leaders of these great groups, our best advice for your next event, and some behind-the-scenes moments. Now, let us show you the good work. Life is full of choices, and it's no different when planning an event. In today's episode of The Good Work, the ladies at the event company are going to discuss all the options you may face when planning an event and our tips for what may be best for you. Whether it's decor, food and beverage, or even the simple decision between having a printed ticket, we'll present you with all of the choices. Please welcome to today's podcast, Addie, Callie, and Sarah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Hey, Hi, ladies. Hey, Cal. Hey, Callie. How is everybody? I'm good. Yeah, we're yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I well, am over winter, though. Yeah. Same. I'm over the cold. I could be, I could use some sun, something above like, I don't know, 40 degrees. I mean, it's not as bad as it was at the end of January, though. Remember when we had no work? Yeah. I mean, we, we worked, but we the, no. the polar vortex the po- that was like the, the social vortex. media, like <laughs> hashtag polar vortex, literally everywhere. Yeah, no kidding. and it was crazy because that same week of the weather, it was like the next day was almost fifty degrees warmer. The next day, yeah, Isn't with like nuts? wind chill, it felt like almost like a hundred degrees warmer oh, or something. That which was weird. Callie yeah. and I ventured out to the gym that afternoon. I know you went to the gym later on at night, but yeah. we went in the daytime, and I remember leaving there. And I swear the sweat from my hair like was freezing <laughs> yeah. from I from the gym to the that. car. I would agree with that. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, when I walked to the car, only this part of my face was showing because it's so cold outside. <laughs> that was the same way when I walked in. Everyone's like, whoa, you're like ready for, what did they say? Like, I said, you, you look like the abominable And snowman. I was like, I'm all about being prepared. Yeah. Go, so. Cal. Go, <laughs> Cal. Well, we're going to talk today about all the choices that we have when planning events all the choices i feel like every time when we kind of get a new event we always talk about like which is it going to be like Mm -hmm. which are we going to do for an event on our list of kind of like our checklist yeah beginning planning stages so let's start with first because i mean who doesn't think this is first and most important but the food yeah at the event yeah Yeah, Yeah. i agree and i think you know a lot of these choices that we're going to talk about today really are dictated from budget but also the design and the flow of the event really i mean if you're having a social hour you're probably not going to have a plated dinner Mm -hmm. correct right so some of these may seem pretty elementary to some people um but really they're not so they're true valid conversations because even night events now where they're long pieces Mm -hmm. where they're a couple hours long some of them don't do dinners so we're going to talk about a lot of those choices, but some of it can depend on the layout, budget, and all those things. So absolutely, back to Callie's first piece about dinner, plated dinner, yep, or hors d'oeuvre stations, right? Yeah, and I think it kind of depends. So we typically think if it's more of a sit down event, yeah, more naturally you're going to lean towards a plated dinner, which is fine. But yeah. we also have done hors d'oeuvre stations of where you yeah. still have your like plate, almost like buffet style in a sense, right? Um, but then you even can have some that, um, I think people also think of cost. I think they think if they do hors d'oeuvre stations, they're going to save a ton of money. No. 
That's not the no. case. No, but it's actually, we're like, it's actually no. almost the opposite. I yeah. Think they get yeah, more expensive. Be. Yeah. Because you have, you feel like you can, you should do more selections, right? Yes. So instead of having like your steak and your potato and your veggie and your salad or whatever, people are like, oh, they're going to eat a lot. So we're going to need this station and that station and this one to fill their whole plate up, right? Mm-hmm. And it gets to be pretty costly. Yeah. And a lot so, of those socials start at like 5, 5.30. Right. People are coming from work. So they're just loading their plates too. We're so that's something that you need sure. to consider. Uh, versus a plate of dinner, you just pay per person. Yeah. It yeah. can be pretty costly. Because even like the orders, it's a per usually a per piece cost or yeah. a per quantity. Right. Like, like, the like 25, 25 yeah. per you know, the order by the 20, like the 25 right. groups of 25. So, but on the other side of things, you could be super creative in doing the hors d'oeuvre stations, right? Mm-hmm. People call them hors d'oeuvre stations. They also have action stations. I know one of our venues that we work with, actually quite a few of them do these action stations mm-hmm. where they're either carving right there. Our friends over at the Hilton have the sushi kind of rolling where the sushi, sushi, so you try saying that fast. Sushi, 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 sushi station, try where you have the sushi, I can't even say it. The station people, they're rolling right in the room. And I'm proud to say we were the first ones in the city of Sioux Falls to debut that at one of our events. And now everybody does it, but whatever. Trendsetters. But it's always fun, right? So they're just different and interactive and I don't know I'm a big fan of the order of stations because I like the little bites and the mix and match plus I love me a cheese station <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah cheese give us all the cheese give all the cheese do you remember the one um, social event that we hosted where there was a whole team of I won't say the college but uh, volleyball girls that came to volunteer at this event and those girls came in just from practice right so these were volunteers right not attendees and those volleyball girls rolled through the stations the order stations <laughs> like it was their full-time job I right know. like they were in in and in like, yeah they didn't get out <laughs> well we were kind of joking we're like how do we politely say like can you not take so much food? <laughs> and we ran out. Remember that? We did like, run we out. We had to order more food. Uh, thank God the Hilton came to our rescue. I mean, they had to quick whip up some more stuff from the chef. But yeah, so I mean, when you talk about quantities, like you were saying before, you pay per person. Sometimes you pay for quantities. You just need to make sure because one meatball, like if that's what they, if that's what that particular venue or chef operates on, um, some venues have three meatballs per one person. Some have one meatball per person. I don't know if you've ever been to any event where they've taken literally one meatball. Have you? No. Even, I mean, I take two. Yeah. You know? At least. Yeah. yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, plus it like slots on the spoon correctly, right? You don't usually, <laughs> you don't usually just have one no. meatball on there. So you just need to be mindful for quantities. But that'd be, yeah. that's, I don't know. What's your favorite? Hors d'oeuvres? Plated. I think it really depends for me but i think i love the fun aspect of order stations but there's something to be said too about the kind of white glove aspect of a plated dinner that's the feel you're going for i I agree yeah i like the past hors d'oeuvres we see that a couple times a year i love when we mix i love when we mix because it still feels a little bit yeah yeah the butler hors d'oeuvres yeah 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 yeah. i think it dresses up an event it's nice because it's easy people can stay talking it's still super social and if your venue does not offer it wherever you're at just ask right because we've got some venues who have not done it in the past but they pull in some of their catering staff or their wait staff and now they're doing it and they're paying per person per hour 
to do the waiting piece yeah. of it. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it adds a whole different element and it kind of jazzes things up a little bit. Yeah. Do you think um, I could have one at my birthday party coming up here in a few months? Yeah, Kelly sure. and I will do the butlering. Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah, no problem. Well, since we're talking food, let's talk about desserts. Yeah. Yes. Because you can do, even if you do a plate of dinner, which we're, we've done before, you have a dessert station. Some people call them dessert buffets, dessert stations, whatever. Um, but then some also do plated desserts. Yes. So let's chat about what those differences and how they look. Yeah, so the dessert station's a little bit more staged. It's beautiful for photography. I kind of like those because then people can choose what they want for dessert. Not everybody likes chocolate. Not everyone likes vanilla. With the station, you can kind of choose what you like. Because if it's plated, usually most venues will do like an every other. Mm -hmm. Or like they'll have four options. So it'll be like two per table if you're doing rounds for eight. Yeah. Um, so like, what if you get up to your seat and it's like, I don't like chocolate cake. Right. And then you're like, asking you know the next do. person to pass. Can you <laughs> switch? <the pen?"> or, <laughs> or sometimes people I've been known to do, do this. You get up, you go get something else. I switch the plate without you <laughs> knowing that there's dessert switcheroos, but it happens, right? Yeah. Like people switch desserts all the time or when they come into it, like I, we've seen this at luncheons or conferences before when they pre-plate the salads out, they like, yep, they'll either switch like that or they find the spot that they want to sit at, right? So they're purposely sitting at the yeah. cheesecake spot versus the carrot cake spot or whatever, but Mm-hmm. I could go either way on them too, but I think it yeah depends on what the flow, what you want to do. Some of our venues have a lot of um, they do like smaller bites for desserts too, so you're not yeah. getting a full cheesecake or a full mousse parfait or things like that. So you're just getting smaller and bites. Yeah, and we've done that plated though too. We've done like yeah, a yeah, yeah. trio where it was still plated, but you still could like try a couple different yeah. things too. So. I like that concept or the station just because I guess me personally like to try a bunch of different things. Right. So. It's fun to sample. I mean, you're at this yeah. fun dressy event. You might as well try these fun yeah. desserts. I remember at the TSP event, they had like the best oh, dessert station. That was so beautiful. Yes. We were just looking at that video the other day because we were trying to tell Anne Marie, she's interning on our team. We're just trying to tell her like how gorgeous this buffet of or buffet, this dessert station was. But it was beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And honestly, that station was a little over the top because they did do full desserts. Do you remember that? Like, we had full cheesecakes. Yeah. And full pieces of carrot cake. But, I mean, no one was complaining. No, <laughs> no one complained. <laughs> Everyone was snowed in. They're like, I came. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. I like that one, too. So, okay. If we move on from food, let's move on to decor then. Yeah. From yeah, here yeah, on yeah, out. Yeah. I think that's what do you got? Like. I feel like you can kind of do either floor. We do a mixture of floral and candles a lot in our right. team, but I think there is kind of an option to either you, you do florals or you just do candles or yeah. whatever you prefer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what are your thoughts I think on we, that? Well, we see the mixture of them, like you said, qu- quite a bit. But it, when they mix them, though, it's mostly all floral with some, some little votive yeah. candles, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Or a couple tapers, you know. Um, but for the most part, a lot of the events are either all floral with the little ones or all candles. Yeah. I could go either way, to be honest with you. I think it um, it depends on the flow. I, I feel like we're going to say this for every single answer. <laughs> depends on the look, though, and the feel that you're going. But it also depends on client preference. Like, we've got some clients who absolutely do not like floral at all, right? Mm-hmm. And it may not even fit the style of their event. We just did an event at Fernson um, back in January where it was obviously what I just said, Fernson, but we pulled in wheat. Like, remember, you pulled in dried wheat from one of our florists and worked with them. So technically, it's not floral. What is wheat? Is wheat a wheat? Ooh, not wheat. Oh it's not gosh. wheat. What is wheat? Wheat's wheat. Yeah. What is wheat? 
It's not a floral, oh, but it looked I, really cool. Yeah, it cool. I mean, it blossoms. <laughs> what do you call wheat? wheat? Grain. Grain. Well, it's a grain for sure, but. Okay, I feel like we should. Wheat, make wheat is wheat. Really. Wheat is wheat. So whatever. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways to go about it. The nice part about doing all candles, especially for a night event yeah. or even a night that a social event that's at night, it's so beautiful. No matter what time of year it is, right? If you're in the summer, it's just this nice bright colors with all the lights showing. If it's at night in the winter time, it's so beautiful. So it kind of makes you feel like you're under the stars, you know. So I think you can go really either way. I think. Budget is a huge question of that as well yeah. because obviously fresh floral is wonderful, but it can be a little bit more on the expensive side. Right. Whereas candles, um, we usually, if we have a large or a larger event where we rent candles, we don't yeah. have the supply of them usually, so we'll yeah. rent them, and that's usually pretty cost effective. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you can go. I mean, you can get kind of costly sometimes, depending on, depending on what, what your doing. pedestals. Like, yeah. if you're adding in really gorgeous gold pedestals or different pieces to put them on, yeah, yeah. It, it could. It adds can. up. Yeah, I don't think it usually. It doesn't usually get to the floral cost, yes. but yes. it could add up. But plus, there's a lot of cool ways to do candles. Yeah. Yeah, I think another thing to look at is the venues. So a lot of venues now are requiring candles you to be in so right cylinders yeah. or some sort of glass protection. That way they're not liable for anything. They don't want their tables ruined. So something to look into, whether you're hosting or whatever venue, make sure they can have candles. Yeah, good call. Do you like the LED candles, Sarah? <laughs> mm, they're not my favorite. I know. I just feel like the other ones are so... They just add something. Yeah. I I don't mind the LED ones, the nice expensive LED ones, you know, <laughs> where they like flicker back and forth and they just look real. Yeah. But like the really cheapo ones, I'm not going to say from where, but like really cheapy ones where it's like plastic weird flame, you know, yeah. it just doesn't look good. And I mean, those are not cheap by any means. They so it would not. almost be better just yeah. to buy so the regular right. candles. Yeah, you're yeah. so right. Plus you can reuse them, right? Yeah. Yeah. As long as I don't pour all over the tables. Yeah. But yeah. So the next thing that I think we should uh, just kind of fill viewers in on or listeners would be auction or raffle. So you've got silent and live auction together or a raffle. I think this is the one that we – it truly depends on the event. Yes. I think a lot of people think, um, especially for our fundraisers, people think, oh, we're going to do a silent auction because that's what everybody does. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of our – I'll give it – Golf tournaments, for example, mm-hmm. silent auctions really just don't work well at a golf tournament. So we'll usually do a raffle for mm-hmm. that type of an event. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's more of a sit down, you have enough space at a venue to lay out an auction. It's usually more of an event that will select that option for yeah. it as well. Or if they have the volunteer and committee base to help participate in right. solicitations for mm-hmm. and to be able to peruse the items i mean yeah. a lot of our events we now do a lot of mobile bidding with auctions or if it's raffle they can buy their raffle ticket on, on their mobile device mm-hmm. or internet or wherever um but being able to see what those items are and to touch them um is awesome but if yeah. you if your event doesn't allow for that like if you're on the golf course for four hours it's gonna be a little bit more difficult to do that unless you do it right away in the morning which we know like a lot of people sometimes are just 
they're ready to get on the course, right? They don't want to look at items. Mm-hmm. Not everybody. Um, and then at night, um, they just want to finish up, wrap up, do the prizes and go home. So not everybody's a big fan of that piece of it. But also it depends on your timeline for the event too, when you're dealing with auctions and raffles. Because in the state of South Dakota, and every state is so vastly different, but um, there's raffle licenses and raffle laws that you need to abide by, not only from the state side, but also the county side. So you need to make sure you're abiding by those laws. Talk to your clerk of courts, talk to your secretary of state to make sure that you're following the law. I cannot tell you the number of times that we've had groups are like, what? Yeah. You know, even mm-hmm. even if it's a church drive or whatever that you're doing, some people just don't think about those things. They're like, we're raising money for a good cause, right? So we're going to throw this raffle license together. Or they may do it for a family friend who's going through or battling cancer, right? A lot of people do raffles, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here as the raffle police are going to come down on them by any means, but they need to make sure that they're following the law. Yeah, because yeah, those are typically 30 days prior yeah. to the event. So prior to the first sale of any ticket, which is mostly, yes, at the event. Yeah. yeah. So um, a lot of people need to have all their raffle packages together because it's difficult to amend those um, licenses yeah. after you apply for them. Yeah. You're, pr- you're a pro at that. I know. I do I it know. quite a bit. Yeah. But we're law followers. Thank you, Secretary of State <laughs> and Cook Reports. Minnehaha <laughs> County. Um. Printed or printed tickets, digital tickets, or no tickets at all for events. Hmm. This is one I feel like we've really had public events. I should say, not necessarily private, Private. but public events. This is one we've really had a discussion about lately with multiple events coming up. I feel like and past events of where they switched and changed their mind this year, and now they're like, I don't know. I really don't know if I even have an answer (laughs) of what is best or not because it truly kind of depends on who's coming, what. Again, what style, but usually you think if you're going to um, maybe a little bit, I don't even know how to describe it, of an event where you'd normally have a ticket to check in. It's kind of like a nice gala. Yeah. You'd usually expect um, to have a ticket. Usually, I feel like at a higher um, count of guests, you'd usually Mm -hmm. naturally have more of a ticket to Mm -hmm. to get a better count. Yeah, everybody is so different. And it really depends on that nonprofit or that group that's hosting at that public group. Because we've got some private well i guess they're kind of public public or private events where they do have incredible speakers that are there influentials that are there 300 people that's not ticketed right so i think every one of them is so different depending on the client and what they want to do i will always be the fan of a ticket right like something to hold on to because i as you girls know like to keep things and whatever it happens to be uh, the little memorabilia piece of it. And so I kind of like that paper piece of it. And even the digital tickets, like if it's through Eventbrite or Cvent or any online system that does ticketing, you still get that in your email, right? Yeah. Like we're going to a mixer um, here soon where we got those tickets via email. You know, so it just kind of varies. But then there are some that truly do not do either. No digital ticket, no printed ticket. And sometimes it works for them, right? Yeah. Like I couldn't imagine doing some of our smaller socials with a ticket, right? It's, no, just, no. Be, it's almost impersonal, right? At that point. Um, but sometimes when you don't do either and you do have a large count, it can be chaos, yeah. chaos, pure chaos. Yeah. I think it makes the check-in process go easier for both if volunteers, you do the ticket right. for guests, yeah. Yeah. the flow of the event. Yeah. And I think it gives attendees some sort of ownership in a sense too. Like, oh, I oh, have yeah. a ticket. Mm-hmm. I should probably go. Right. I think sometimes if you like feel like you don't have a ticket, it almost mm-hmm. seems kind of optional. 
Yeah. And if I'm the marketing director of a company, let's say we're a sponsor and we get these eight tickets that are sitting on my desk, seeing is believing, right? We always talk Mm -hmm. about that. And you're seeing these eight tickets stare you in the face every single day. Like, I got to get these babies out Mm -hmm. versus just an email about it. Yeah. Yeah. I I could go either way on it. I still like the hand. They're the paper tickets. But sometimes the digital tickets are super nice, too. Just like Facebook invites. Like, when you do Facebook pieces, you're not getting a ticket for a Facebook invite. No. Yeah. Oof. Can you imagine that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah yikes whole lot of emails yeah Gosh. So i think that one's still kind of up but what keep going with kind of the ticket but pledge cards so a lot of our fundraisers now what's a pledge card so on a pledge card usually at a fundraiser it'll be some sort of donation card okay. basically yeah. that you fill out your information and then any amount that you'd like to give usually includes an envelope mm-hmm. you would then provide either when you leave the event or to a an event right. representative that could um take it um i think Naturally, some of our events that are moving to more like online auctions, a lot of those platforms can do that donation or text to give portion right. that we call it right. online now. Yeah. So a lot of our events, I do feel like are kind of moving away from it, right. but they always feel like come back because there's always those five people yeah. who still do a pledge card. And like, yeah. you don't want to lose those five people. No, not mm-hmm. at all. But and sometimes why so- are you going to print if you have a 600 person event, why would you yeah. print 600 pledge cards is for five people to submit them? And if you do that, then don't date your pledge cards, right? right. And make sure that those items that you are raising dollars for or um, those levels could be applicable to future years. That would yeah. be my one piece of advice because we've had some events where we've used the same pledge cards for three years, right? Mm-hmm. And because we they're not dated – um, they don't have certain materials that would take them back to the event that was in 2015, you know. So it just makes sense for them to reuse them. But uh, I think it depends on audience and their capability of using mm-hmm. the mobile device if that's the way you're going. But you're absolutely right. Like those five people that want to write you a check for $5,000 each, maybe they don't want to pay the interest or the fees, right, yeah. associated with it either. So. Could go. And some older people, they are not very tech savvy. So they don't want to be hitting a bunch of numbers right. at the wrong thing. Right. So event photography. Hmm. I it. think we're all probably for that. <laughs> all for that. And even so, but do you do it on your iPhone? Right. Because yeah. iPhones nowadays are phenomenal, especially the newer ones or, or any phone. Yeah. I don't know anything about your phone, Sarah, your Samsung or Droid or whatever. <laughs> My Google Pixel. Whatever, yeah, whatever it's called. Um or hiring a professional. So yeah. you can go either way at events. Whatever way you go, just do either one of them. Don't not have an event and not capture that. And some people are like, oh, we'll never use the pictures again. Okay, that's totally fine. But what about your year-end meeting? Or what about mm-hmm. next year when you're pulling up things? Or what if somebody calls you after the event and is like, oh, I saw you guys were snapping pictures. You know, I mean, there's there's got to be some trail. That would be my suggestion. Yeah, I would agree. I think some people say... That same case for why they wouldn't hire a professional just because, like, well, if I don't all use them, I understand that. But I do think there's something also to be said about a professional photographer and those pictures because, honestly, you never know when you might want to use them. All of a sudden, you do a social media post and you're like, oh, I wish I had a good picture. Or someone on staff may have a camera, you know, to be able to utilize. Whatever you do, I would say try to capture all those moments. Yeah, I think from a guest perspective, it's always fun for when we attend events to go through and see all those photos that we're in. It just kind of helps you relive that night, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Well, we started talking about food, hors d'oeuvres, dinner, desserts. Now we're going to talk about drinks. So signature drink, um, let's explain what that is. Or do you do just a drink ticket? So signature drink is where... 
you kind of create um, whatever you want for that specific night. So let's say it's out, it's a salsa party. I'll just give that for example. Maybe you do then a theme. You're not going to drink salsa. I understand that, but maybe <laughs> it's like a sangria or something margarita. margarita. Yeah, something along those lines. Um, if you were doing uh, like a a beer tasting event, maybe it's a beer with something else. You know, you, it's creating. Uh, kind of the environment um, around that drink, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're creating the drink around that environment, really. Um, or a drink ticket, which opens it up for whatever you want, right? You can get whatever you want. Thoughts, comments, favorites? I am always in favor of a signature drink. Mm-hmm. Basically, I always. Because mm-hmm. I think it just adds mm-hmm. a nice touch, another option that is easy on a venue's part, too. But it's just yeah. a special like option to brand the event and add this yeah. spice like special touch like oh they even, they kind of thought of everything and you can name them that's yeah, the fun yeah. part or about based off drink. colors you've done a lot of them yeah. just colors and we'll do fun sponsors names sponsors yeah sponsor the signature drink and they, yeah they love that one too so i'm always for it i'm not a i think drink tickets are great too because you yeah. can again sponsor that or just to provide that nice gift almost in a sense to mm-hmm. your guests but so that's kind of my view yeah, I would agree. Um, drink tickets are super nice at golf tournaments mm-hmm. because maybe yeah. you don't want a beer. Maybe you just want a water or a pop if right. it's right. super exactly. hot out. You're so right. Yeah, Some yeah, of yeah. our volunteers, they don't want you yeah, know to get exactly. all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so they just get water, which is yeah. totally fine. Yeah, I could go either way with them. I like the signature drink function because or the piece of it because you can, like you said, brand it how you want and be creative with it. There's so many different times that we've looked up different signature drink recipes, provided them to the venue. They've been totally willing to work with us mm-hmm. on it, which is great. But So keeping in lines with the drinks, cash bar, where that means the guests are paying for it, or host bar, when you as the event host are paying for every drop of alcohol that is served <laughs> that is served budget decides all of that so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That i think there. regardless of venue timeline <laughs> you can throw those out the window it is truly budget you're absolutely right and that's yeah. where those drink tickets come into play yeah. so you can buy your guests one, one two, two drinks you don't need to buy them the whole, whole night whole night i think i mean yeah it'd be a great touch but i don't think anyone would expect if you go to an event that it's really just completely open but you can get a little yeah, rowdy yeah, it could. Yeah. And there'd be a lot of things you have to think about if you did do that for that exact case. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I uh, I think the host bar is always nice, but in moderation. Yes. Right? There have been so many events where we've had taxi services available. Now Lyft has different pieces available where you can do different sponsorships through them. And I think making sure that you've got adequate um, transportation for guests, mm-hmm. either way, really, that you go. But, yeah, it can get pretty pricey. I think the biggest uh, cash or a uh, host bar bill that we've ever paid was close to eleven thousand dollars. That is so that's much a alcohol. lot. Oh my yes, god, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, you can limit it too. And at some venues, you can limit whatever is sold at that host bar. So you can say no top shelf and no doubles. So it's singles and well only. You know, or I don't really know the. I don't even know this. I'm going to sound really silly, but. After well and top shelf, what's the middle one? Middle shelf? What's that called? Does anybody know? Regular? (laughs) I I don't know. I don't either. Any drinks? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you can certainly restrict that. We do that for a lot of events where they've got, even with drink tickets, you can restrict that piece of it. But that's always so fun. But these were fun either ors. I think so too. Do you say either or either? Either or, either or. I say either. Either. Either or. Either or. 
whichever way you say it, there's lots of choices. Lots of choices. Whatever lots way, of choices. whatever way lots that you go, um, there's always fun things. But and there's lots of choices for Sarah coming up here too Ooh, because good we have transition. power round. Oh my gosh, you guys! I wasn't expecting this. I know, and we have new questions. So new questions for new, for the new year. Ready? Oh, we're already it. a couple months in, but you're getting on the tail end. So why don't you start, Callie? Okay. These are fun ones. If you were not involved with the career you are now, what would you be doing? And I know you really haven't graduated yet, Ooh. but like if you weren't an event planner. Um, so my family has a beekeeping business, so I'd probably go back and hang out with my family and help with that. That would Aww. probably be my next option. So if you could be any animal, what would it be? Oh, <laughs> I like that. Um, I like dolphins. They're really I love them. Once I swam with the dolphins and I fell in love. Oh, oh I always wanted to do that. That's awesome. They're slippery, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh, chocolate chip cookie dough, hands down. Yep. She's telling us <laughs> yeah. about that the other day. <laughs> What's one thing on your bucket list? I really want to skydive. Oh, no yeah. joke. Yeah. I, would, I would probably go with you. Yeah. 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 Makes my heart hurt. Um, what is one hobby you would begin if you could? No limits. Like, I know one that I would give her to do for her hobby. Oh, cooking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you really that would that would be on your list or that's on my list oh, for you. I mean, I would like to know how to cook and just throw things in because right now I have to follow the recipe like to the T. I have to measure the cups out perfectly <laughs> to make sure the recipe is not messed up. So Callie and I, Maddie does too. We all kind of meal prep. Actually, Anne Marie does too. You're starting to get there, which is good. But there. yeah. Yeah, she, it's always fun to see her different experiments in the office. She had these stuffed peppers though the other day. Those it looks look good. So Oh, good. Yeah. What can I say? I'm learning. <laughs> uh, what does your uh, dream day look like? Oh, I'm by the beach, drinking the hand, just relaxing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Would you rather speak every language in the world or talk to animals? Oh, animals for oh. sure. I could talk to Cole's cows. Moo. <laughs> 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 What's your favorite emoji? Oh, I really like the laughy face or the hard eyes. I could see that. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Oh, I like my favorite one. At which store would you like to max out your credit card? (laughs) Oh, man. The list could go on. (laughs) Well, for makeup, I like Ulta. Uh, For clothing, gosh, I don't even know. I like American Eagle, but I like, I don't know, pretty much anything. Boutiques. Yeah. Huh. She's a Fun. shopper. She's yeah. a shopper. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for participating. Thank you. Is she the first one from our team to do this? No, Maddie Maddie's did done this it. one. Yep. Oof, who's next? You Rock, paper, I, scissors. Yeah. yeah. Well, well thanks, Sarah. Yep. Thanks for joining us today Thank on you. Uh, the good work and the either or. We'll kind of see what we do next. Signing out. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Good Work. We hope our discussion about choices will help you with your next event. Tune in next week as we introduce you to our friend, Bethany McKenzie, the founder of Let Me Be 83. Don't forget to subscribe to The Good Work on YouTube and iTunes and follow the event company on social media to stay up to date on the good work we are part of each day.